0: reddit comments does anyone have a major problem with the ds9 episode for the uniform just trust me on this you're wasting your time there are a shocking number of people willing to defend cisco's actions here and you're not going to change their minds personally i think it's the most disappointing thing the series ever did i just finished this episode and realized how fuck up what he did was hell I even sympathize with the Marquee a bit after watching that episode.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition, a podcast where we are going through every single episode of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, the greatest TV show to kill the Roddenberry dream, but also <laughs> to do the best thing with the Roddenberry dream. Or fuck Roddenberry. Fuck Roddenberry. Yeah, well, I actually I, I I have a counter to that, but. I don't. I to everybody's bitching about what this episode does because you're wrong. This episode, I think everybody. Agree. Do 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 you know what I think? Yeah. Well, well, wait a minute. I'm before before I get too far ahead of myself. My name is Wade Bowen, and before I tell you what I think about this episode. I'm going to introduce my friends over here. With me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey, guys. And Hugh Crawford. Hey. Yep, we are talking about an episode here called For the Uniform.
2: Yes, uh, this is episode 13 of season 5. Uh, originally aired on February 3rd, 1997. And here is a rather short description from IMDb. When the traitorous Eddington returns, Cisco will go to any length to capture him.
3: It's longer than the Memory Alpha one, which is just Cisco obsessively pursues my leader Michael Eddington <laughs> right
2: that, and that's 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 a good boy we've got a lot to unpack on this episode oh but I God, think it's safe yeah. to say that all three of us fucking love this I, episode you know,
3: I think this may be my favorite episode at least on this rewatch so I don't know like we're putting it's my favorite one so far I'm, I yeah, mean okay. I mean I thought I mean, I'd be fighting I, alone here but yeah no, I've said
1: is... before like I'm a guy who loves something and it's my favorite thing ever so I feel kind of like I'm a little bit like maybe I've got my blinders on because like oh man this episode was so great it's the greatest thing ever it's all I don't know this is pretty good
2: well I think what it is this episode fulfills the promise of a lot of stuff on a few different levels here so oh. we get to see yeah.
1: we, get we get to see, see our favorite writer come back Peter yeah. Allen Fields motherfucker came out of retirement to write this
3: uh, oh, really? And, yeah, and uh, and oh my God, oh my God, does it show.
1: Yeah, I, I was uh, so afraid you were going to tell me, oh, he didn't actually write this. It's no, no, like, no, oh. it seems like he did, yeah. <laughs> okay.
3: I mean, there's parts that Ronald D. Moore forced into the script, the holodeck uh, projections, oh, yeah. which are confusing. I was wondering,
1: that felt like an extra thing that, like, was that an idea? Yeah, but...
3: It's been, Moore's been pushing for it forever, and they thought... Okay, but, yeah.
2: wait, wait wait, a minute, let me ask you, let's get into the holodeck uh, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let's for, get this uh, out of the way. At the beginning of the episode, they have this newfangled technology. Technology that's online, which basically gives a 3D holodeck-like projection to communicate with. It's a lot like what we saw in Discovery.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it a new technology, or is just a, <laughs> a technology <laughs> they've had for 200 years?
2: It's been retconned. So mm-hmm. when yeah. this originally aired, it, to me the, that technology feels like a natural progression of. It- does they couldn't we, the, get the
3: Leia effect, the the twinkle effect, to make it look projected or whatever. But you don't uh-huh. need that. You don't really. need that. It makes yeah. it. It was confusing to people that were they transported onto the brig or onto the bridge. Okay, so
2: you think that they needed like they the, say the that. feeling was the feeling was the creators needed something to telegraph that this is a communication yes. rather than. Where they, because they, right. Well, that's why they do all the miming stuff with the buttons at the end of every call. Right. Where they, where they hang up the phone by pushing lifting right. their hand really close to their face <laughs> and pu- having their index finger extended and then mashing down onto an invisible panel yes.
1: yeah 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 uh, um, Eddington didn't use it at the end but uh, it's just a minor note right, <laughs> right. For, yeah. he did he did well, it- if you
2: don't know what's going on by the end you're you're you shouldn't be watching Star Trek anyway but for the first f- a few times, uh, they had that that new captain, um, Sand- uh, Captain Stan- Sanders of the USS Backpedal. Whenever <laughs> he was like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, "No, the you know when he's like, uh, poor choice of words.' Uh, poor choice yeah, of yeah. like, where he yeah, basically uh, told you made a fool uh, out of you. He made a fool. Uh, uh, nope, yeah,
1: what's this yeah. guy talking
2: about? <laughs> he had to walk that that comment the fuck back. Yeah. Uh, Just was, don't yeah.
3: call him a colonel," said so the You text the actor is the guy who plays a character on. Parks and Rec, who's the guy, uh, the police uh, police chief, who hates Calzones. Yes, Cal Zones.
2: yes. <laughs> yeah, I totally, like, when you told me that, that's like, hey, and I hey, saw Calzone him, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, it took me a second, like, what is it, what is James talking about? The captain of the ceviche? It's like, oh. And then I was like, oh shit, nope, I know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, it's the
2: captain of the Malinche. Do you guys know Malinche. what Malinche
3: is? It, it was guys... the translator that helped Cortez right. conquer the Aztec. Yes. Huh, that's a It was and the Pocahontas, of, Mex- Pocahontas it was
0: of
2: Mexico. And apparently know. she's got, uh, like, a culturally, uh, she Udeous. comes in and out of fashion, uh, according to Wikipedia, her reputation has been altered over the years according to changing social and political perspectives, especially after the Mexican Revolution, when she was portrayed in dramas, novels, and in paintings as an evil or scheming scheming temptress. Yes. Uh, in Mexico today, La Malinche remains iconically potent. She's understood in people. So – It is so the fact that this episode is has uh, somebody with a that's historically a controversial figure associated with treachery, but also he like as a victim. Yeah, that was an interesting little Easter egg. Uh, According, yeah, it was. was, Oh yeah, uh, that yeah. According to um the same Wikipedia article, uh, Malinche in popular culture. It says in the fictional Star Trek universe, a starship, the USS Malinche was named for La Malinche and appeared in the 1997 for the uniform episode, Star Trek, of deep space nine. This was done by Hans, uh, Belmer, huh? Belmer. Yes. A native of Mexico city huh. who was together with friend of Robert Hewitt Wolf later wrote a screenplay based on LaMenche called the serpent and the Eagle. So Robert Hewitt Wolf and, and Blemmer, uh, wrote a historical screenplay based off this this figure. Huh. Oh really? Yes. And so they were obviously interested in her as a figure before they worked on this. But this Wikipedia ar- article goes back and forth on like, you know, how complicated a figure she she remains historically. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mean to digress too much, but That's I thought it was interesting.
1: No, kind of like how complicated the Maquis might right, be for some right. people. All right. yeah, it's not in my keys Yeah,
2: so I guess we should take it from the
1: top. I don't even remember
2: what happens at the beginning of this episode because the end of this episode was so.
3: Well, this this episode more than more than any we've had since Peter Allen Fields re- retired is <laughs> on rails, man. It is yeah. like it is it is keyed on to one
1: man's journey and like right. I feel like you could watch this episode and just jump on. Not, I don't know. This would be a great if. You could jump on not being a Deep Space Nine person. Even, I mean, it helps to know the whole Eddington backstory, but like... the, But
2: it gives you enough to know Yeah,
1: that. it starts up with the classic kind of Star Trek captain's log. I'm here on Marva Four, you know, tracking down this guy who's the lead, the leader of the Maquis, like That's a good
2: point. I see what you're saying. You're basically saying that they do such a good job of telling this story yeah. that if we never saw Michael Eddington before that and if you didn't know like what the, maquis the series was before because yeah,
3: did yeah, a pretty good job of yeah. explaining the p- politics of the maquis absolutely which most episodes don't do hence mm. multiple episodes of us pulling our hair out to try and get to like core theses of it but this did a pretty good job right yeah,
1: yeah i mean i was wondering when we before i was getting into this is like oh are we going to be rehashing our whole kind of arguments about like why the maquis is half-baked and I guess they're still there, but this episode—it's not really about that—and it does is, such a good job yeah. of telling the story that it doesn't matter, right? Like, well, yeah. if we
2: could skip ahead real quick on that note, because you—you you did bring it up in our past grievances with the Maquis and idea,
1: yeah. Even
2: Cisco himself. Brings up the fact that the Maquis is half baked. That you're just leading oh, yeah. these people on, mm-hmm. giving them false hope because being a revolutionary or heroic figure gets you off personally. It's not really even about the politics of it. You're just fucking leading these people on.
1: Because, it, yeah, it starts off with he's doing some like fucking. Infiltrating. He's in his he's in his civilian vests with his Mm -hmm. hiding his comm badge underneath his vest. And they're in good old KV, the good old cave set is rehashed again. Love it. Yes. And he's looking for the Sing Ta guy. Yes. Uh who, you know, it's just an informant and he's doing like I mean, I guess you could call back to Picard did some like talking to michelle forbes and and pretend pretend that you're a hooker and we're gonna we're yeah. undercover right
2: all. okay so yeah that you bring up a good point how do we feel about our captain actually being the one to make a con instead of a, a he's got two security officers basically wharf and odo a changeling somebody who could change their appearance could do re oh, could, yeah, like, like, make contact with, <laughs> with oh right that yeah. happened last week <laughs> yeah, yeah right yeah. So how do we feel about a cat? How do we feel about the guy who's in charge of the whole shooting
3: match? I feel fine because uh, he's a badass. Because it's pers- I, well, it's personal. They also for justify him. it as you know the Javert aspect of it. Yeah, it yeah. Is, it's is,
1: become yeah. it's become that
2: was my larger point is yeah. that it plays a larger. It, mm-hmm. It's not just everything's personal. It's deeply personal. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. And
3: basically, this is a this episode is a is a series of Michael Eddington just stomping on Cisco's dick. Yeah. And, it, and it is. Yes. Yeah. And so that, To a it, wonder, it, delightful to effect. A, to a delightful amount. And so, yeah. in that scene, you got started off with a dick stomping. So you got Right. To yeah.
1: Singta is right? not there. And he's like. Oh yeah, of course it's Eddington with like I think that's a, is that a Klingon disruptor he's got on that the guy? That is a Klingon disruptor. Yeah. And uh, Yeah, that is. Yeah, and it he's been looking for him for 8 months. I guess it's been 8 months since uh for the calls.
3: Yeah. And they remember they were working with the Klingons because the Klingons were at war with Cardassia.
1: Oh, right, right. Oh, mm-hmm. that's why he got the disruptor. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, the, oh.
3: There was lots of like sh- like Klingon shipments that they were talking about Klingon shipments to Mikey outpost. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't even pick up on that. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. There's a surprising yeah. amount of continuity in this episode. Right. They brought yeah. Their game. They did. Episode. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then he shows him like, he's got the jump on Cisco and he's like, turn around, see all those refugees out there from the Salvia or Salva mm-hmm. tooth planet and you made them ready. And
3: let's be honest, that is a that is a point because I'm gonna take because they drop the high ground pretty quickly. Yeah. So I'm going to say that like there that is a point that people don't generally want to move. Sure. Like that's a thing that people don't want to absolutely don't want to do. Absolutely. And so whenever right. you have these re like the repartitioning of India or these forcible removes of Native Americans. Like, you're like, well, we're not killing you and we're giving you land. It's over here. Or whenever, you know, some, like with the coal miners who keep losing their jobs, like, just learn to code and go to Silicon right. Valley. They're looking like they don't want to move. Nobody wants or, to move. Or
1: these, or, or the the Federation being in the socialist communist future, <laughs> the Maoist regime telling these people they got to move. They got to move. Yeah. The Mao <laughs> did a lot of
3: it. Yeah. You got to stop yeah. being farmers and be iron workers over here. No one wants to do that. Yeah, but nobody's telling them they have to be iron workers. they just like you can't live well, here anymore. Yeah, but you can't you can't be a whatever like Home they probably, home is yeah.
2: home home is more than just a place. It's a it's like a community. They probably it, have right.
3: planetary it, specific jobs that wouldn't translate on other colonies. I guess sure. yeah. there's yeah. a lot of reasons
2: why that logic yeah.
1: should but, could yeah. work. But yeah. the I the way that Cisco kinda of turns it around on Eddington, I did appreciate like like, wait a minute. You know these guys, you're tell you're selling them this dream that they're gonna be able to come back here anymore. Mm-hmm. They're not. We made this treaty. You know in the Maquis that these people are never gonna come back to their homesteads out here. Yeah. And you're sold them on a lie. And I and I get I get Cisco's perspective on that. I get Eddington is like I I get yeah.
3: Eddington's perspective from uh like season seven of Next Generation. Yeah, I get yeah. Wesley Crusher and Chicote's family's issues. Right, right. With the move, I, you know, I get all of that, but um, you know, like it's been a long time, guys. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> right, like you, you got to stop this at some point. You know, you, you have to come in from the cold because all of these sort of key points that you're not going to get what you're wanting back, and we have a bigger present danger ahead of us right like you know yeah so that's and, the that i mean i get both of their perspectives on this in a in a in a grounded way uh-huh. can
2: i ask a real question a, real, a question real quickly that might be a little bit dumb but it, my my memory is a little bit foggy have we ever had a moment where kira was sympathetic to maquis to the point of wanting to join them oh,
3: that's uh, an interesting point no yeah no o'brien was the one yeah. she
2: is from a character perspective she is the most, she dealt, yeah. she, she is the one that should be the most sympathetic. Ready to because, raise guns and fight for your homeland. Right. Because yeah, the she, 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 yeah, like, she endured a long occupation and fought and won through much injustice and whatnot. So I, I it's weird to me that that's never brought up.
1: You don't really get her perspective at all on it. Like, I mean, I guess yeah. if she were gonna have one that would be in line with Star. she'd be like, what the fuck? This ain't your home world. You're all just, you know, but but I don't know. But even if she said something like that. Like, yeah, like, Bajor I, had colonies that the Dominion blew up already, and we just right. forgot about yeah. those,
2: but. It just seems that when it's not about Bejor, she's remarkably centrist. Good, <laughs> a lot of good people on both sides.
1: On she's this. not like Che
3: Guevara like, <laughs> that wants to put all of her, 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 her energies into new places and move on like a, yeah she's not the Johnny Appleseed of armed resistance right it's a little weird though it is a little
2: weird because yeah she you're right I didn't think of that either yeah. she would have a revolutionary okay. I didn't mean I didn't mean to digress that much she, she no but, and
3: it this is probably the only time to point out that this the Peter Allen Fields did write a pretty noteworthy scene that was cut from it which is Bashir and O'Brien reminiscing about Eddington and realizing that they they both kind of liked Eddington
1: Oh, wow. Oh,
3: shit. Yeah, and that 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 edit. But they cut it because Peter Allen Fields didn't know about next episode. Oh, And it's Jesus. weird. It's weird in that context. Oh, so yeah. So they had to end up cutting it for cause and also Does, for time, I'm sure. Right,
1: yeah. Does Bashir show up nope. in this episode no, at all? he had
3: one scene. And
2: oh, they cut shit. it. Yeah. Maybe they didn't realize it Like when yeah, they were yeah. filming it. Uh, we, this is like our third episode with the new uniforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I gotta say, I think these might be my favorite Star Trek uniforms oh, that yeah. we've ever had.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this... I think... Overall, these are the fan favorite of the uniforms from the TNG era. Yeah. No, I mean just
2: like across the board. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Like across all eras. Oh, wow. I think this, they look
2: sharp. Yeah, I think this might be my favorite one. I like but those con uniforms
1: my... with the little flat that they just unfurl sometimes. Yeah, I like sometimes. That,
2: that double-breasted flap. Yeah, I like yeah. uh Oh, you do? See, yeah. that, I, I don't,
3: I don't I, know. like, I ironically like the white. Tunic with the unattach
2: the belt buckle that doesn't have a belt. Yes. Oh yeah, from, yes. the, motion from mo- the motion picture. the motion picture. But I just this this adds this new uniform adds to the tone. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, yeah I yeah. think a little bit in a way that sometimes the other uniforms, even the uniforms you're just talking about. I guess maybe what we like about Khan and stuff is that double breasted like that tone. Yeah, yeah. It fits with the with the, the navel with kind what of what they're thing.
1: trying and to
3: do. Maybe yeah, the closest
1: to
2: that.
3: I yeah mean, it looks, it's yeah. the
1: most militarized kind of, but but like well, we have,
3: I mean, it's got like a jacket, you know, yeah,
2: and you, yeah,
1: you have this yeah
2: after we get the first dick stomp from Eddington, we get a a second dick stomp on top of the on the defiant just to move this they're
1: they're they're going after him. He comes back. they're like, what the fuck? right? He can't take us and then
2: and then it turns out Eddington had a a virus embedded in the, right. in the defiant and a cascade virus and basically <laughs> it shuts down. Shuts down the defiant and sort of it wipes its whole memory banks. It's like dead right, in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Puts it basically puts it off the board strategically, though. And yeah, I God, I hate talking about discovery and I the fact that it always comes up. But from a story perspective, things are more interesting when you don't have the best and the brightest. Oh yeah, yeah. And the thing with discovery as a ship is it was in a war, and it was the most badass thing in the war. So. It, that wasn't necessarily fertile ground for the most interesting stories. The Defiant being fucked from the get-go made this a more interesting story mm-hmm. because you had more problems for the, the crew to solve, and then you had the great... Character stuff with like nog coming in.
1: It's a, this is like your the best Star Trek episodes or submarine episodes. Sometimes you know, and yes. this one is such yes, like absolutely. A- and in fact, the the
3: nog element is taken straight from a submarine movie called "Run Silent, Run Deep" by uh, Robert. Oh yeah, uh, "Run uh, Silent, Rock, Run yeah, Deep." Yeah, Robert Wise. Yes. movie. Yeah. So um, yeah. they took it directly from that, where they're having to where the where the engine room can't talk to the communicate to the bridge. So they have to do a relay conversation, yeah. So uh...
2: well, and it works to great effect, and it, and even even the rest of the the defiant when they get the defiant back. Okay, well, we're just kind of skipping ahead, but basically after he gets his dick stomped on, Professor, uh, the captain, uh, you know, of the USS Colonel uh,
1: Colonel Colonel Sanders from the yeah Su-Biche. Colonel
2: Sanders <laughs> tells has that wonderful scene with Cisco where he has to tell him he's off the job, he's off the case.
1: That's a great cut. That's because a great it's, great it's too personal. Yeah,
3: not that it's too personal, but that maybe he's he's like maybe it's. it's just got your number, yeah. He's right, he,
1: kn- he, right. he knows you too well. He's right. before that, like when Eddington shows up on the holocam, he's like, Look, man, it's you made this personal, I, it's not personal for me, it is for you. And would Starfleet approve of this vendetta you have against me? And he's like, Don't you shut the fuck about what Starfleet wants, you you yeah. traitor, you know.
2: But they have that conversation where he, he says he, he he's played you for a fool, yeah. One of my officers had fooled me the way Eddington fooled you, I... and then Sisko gives him that look that causes him to want Walk it back, but then this is one of my favorite things about Cisco. He's pragmatic as fuck. He's like, so he can admit when he is. He's like, no, I have been a fool. Like he did make a fool out of me. You're exactly right. I was fooled. Don't
3: don't walk it back. Don't
2: walk it back, Calzone boy. You know that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Captain Calzone, (laughs) just you're right.
1: Yeah, because at first it's like, oh, I got bad news. Like, oh, Starfleet told you to help me out. It's like, uh, yeah, no. In that (laughs) scene, it's important to note that he stole. He raided two bullion freighters of selenium and rhodium nitrate. Yeah. And they have to go figure out what's going on with that, and they, they don't. So. No, they don't. Um, and then you
3: get uh, my favorite, my return of uh, Cisco the Pugilist. Oh, like, yeah. He's yes. got, uh, yeah. like, I got to go beat something up. Is yeah, the box. Yes.
2: That was a great scene, which basically he basically he brings up the aspect of all Star Trek series that they have a special man, mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. the special man can fuck up, you know, do all sorts of shit, and what irritates. Cisco is that Eddington wasn't (laughs) a special man. He's just not a
1: human. He He wasn't a changeling. He wasn't Uh a trill with seven lifetimes or a wormhole alien, because we're calling him wormhole aliens, not prophets again, even if he's a religious figure.
0: No, he's just a man like me.
1: And he beat me. Yeah, it it was a good scene, but I will say, the people that want to rag on Cisco will probably say that was an Avery Brooks playing it louder than what? Oh, he's fine. He was, that was a, he this was is, playing. I thought it, it was this, fantastic. This, this maybe
3: I like. The, I think I like him yeah. in this episode I more was. than any other. Look, so. man, I
1: think he. I love the. I love Cisco in this episode. And I'm just gonna say that if anybody wants to talk about Avery Brooks, don't don't put your criticisms <laughs> in the mouths of other people. You're saying it. I'm. Hey, yeah. I, I man. People, I'm just saying people are say, saying. <laughs> I think that's some of the <laughs> the, the one the most.
2: One, that's one of the most. The d- dynamic performances of this episode, I I think it's fantastic. I'm just
1: saying
3: it's a little. People of, are I, saying, people are saying, if I fired Mueller, it wouldn't be the worst thing.
1: People are saying, look, it was, it was. I'm just saying, people could say it's a little over the top, and I'm I love that shit.
2: I I, I don't I don't think it was over the top. I think it was pitch perfect for what the scene because he brought it to his from a simmer to a boil. And it
3: led to he the make he,
2: he was yeah. there's oh, a I, musical. A musical aspect, I, a musicality I mean, to his his performance that I find. Y'all
1: have y'all have been y'all have never seen the Avery Brooks like playing uh, on the, a one, little, the uh, one episode I where he had so. to play the crazy person in Dax's brain. I saw it in that. Right. That well, I've seen it a lot. I and know. and I'm not saying it's a bad like I'm saying I love Avery Brooks even when he does that kind of stuff. I'm just saying this I, don't, one I, I this think best. I
2: love him because he does that stuff. Yeah, I love I it because it. it's a dynamic
3: performance. I just, that I, just you're not
1: get. I would be remiss to not point out what people are saying. Well, the
3: greatest thing that came out of that scene is the next scene. Cisco has his hands
1: taped up. Oh yes, yes. <laughs>
3: and that's like the baddest ass motherfucker. That's when they go out and they find out oh, that, yeah, that uh, right. Eddington has is it
1: Captain Sanders, not Colonel Sanders. I guess that's disrespectful too is his name really sanders he's got yeah yeah i literally
3: thought he was i mean i was like once i figured out he was calzone boy i didn't pay attention to
1: anything (laughs) right because he's like sorry we got to go out there and they're on the other side of uh the area where they were because because eddington has used a biogenic weapon on velos prime which is a cardassian so they he's he's used biological weapons on this colony basically and that only affects
2: Cardassian physiology. Card- yes. Right. So yes, we had a.
3: I mean, so okay. So we can let's 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 lay it out because it's going to come important later. So you you basically you do it, but it takes enough time that all of the Cardassians can get off. Yes. So you salted the earth, but you haven't technically killed anyone. Right. But I mean, I think that like in my James tries furiously to be the supporter of the monkey uh, throughout the entire time of the show. This is where, like you know, they they cross the line here. This is, uh, yeah. I mean, like this is, I mean, this oh is, yeah. This is a clear, this is a clear line that right.
2: that you you go okay. Well, that's it with revolutionaries, yeah. though, Isn't it right? Is that that's the evo- That's the evolution of organizations from rev to yeah. from you know to yeah. terrorist organizations. And I would
3: yeah. say that if we're going to do ethical sort of rubrics in a revolution, which I think that I probably have looser, like um, I allow more than. Probably you, Wade. Yes, I, you do.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, I would, uh, I would say that. I would say that you. <laughs> we, we, we haven't talked about Vietnam in like two or three seasons. <laughs> yes. But I don't remember that we're going
3: to talk. I, I got a Civil War analogy, like a motherfucker coming up. Oh, I so, um so. Uh, but once you've introduced a new phase of war, even if it's uh, like let's scrap whether it's ethical or not, it now becomes for the other side to do it okay. so okay. I, and I I, I I think that and I, I my personal like political issue like is like when last week, Joe, or it was last week at the recording, that so is Joe Biden said that he wouldn't support a Philip, like a Democratic Congress filibustering a replacement for a Supreme Court seat under Trump's term.
2: And I was like, fuck you. Like, that might have been
3: right the first time, but they've already done
2: that. Right. That's where we are. Yeah.
3: That's where we are. That's the state of play. You're not it, living in the reality. Yeah. You're not
2: living in the reality. Like, you're not living in, in the, the world that we currently live in. So previously I would have said that we don't
3: want to be those people, but your other side has already been those people. So
2: fuck that. (laughs) And they've proven that they will do it again. I don't know. Like they, this is not,
1: this is not the time to. Yeah. I don't see. I see. I guess I don't know if I, totally agree with i i I mean i don't know i'm i'm almost a little bit lathe of heaven you can't of a go bit.
2: backwards though that's the nature of yeah, but that's like, the nature of a progressive i know it's really anything h- is that you can't put the genie back in yeah, the bottle i know
1: that's why i'm a little wishy-washy about it but it's still like you know if all you have yeah you know, i'm a little bit if you're fighting with someone who you know, doesn't a little bit lathe of heaven if all you have is means and <laughs> no ends well whatever. you have ends
3: that what you're doing is scrapping your Means to get to your ends. If you refuse to fight,
1: like they. If 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 you don't have any ends, all you have is means. Well, you do have. Well, I guess the ends is that. Yeah,
3: that's the ends is winning. Well, and then enacting your your
2: Yeah, but what was your point? What was your larger point about Eddington specifically, though? I don't want to get bogged down
3: in it. So once you've once you've done that, and I'm not even like you know like fuck if I I mean if I was in Edding's like marquee council, I might see that you know okay let's like. But you you do give the rights. Like and that was the ultimate thing that like I mean you know sort of microcapsuling a, a lot of things here. Oh I but yeah. that was sort of what Cisco understood. I agree. Is he's expecting me to play with my hands tied.
1: Right. And he's yeah. That's that's a point I was gonna make later too. Yeah. Know? Well oh, yeah. But before we get to that, Eddington's broken bad, like literally, they're like, Oh, how did he get these Biogenic weapons, and then there, and then Dax is like, "Oh, I know exactly how he. Oh, sorry, he, I should have figured he, that out. He hijacked that train over there and got the selenium right. and this rhodite nitrate, right. and now he's making that blue myth with yes. the, all the ways that we didn't think they knew how to do before. They were all, you know. I'm just saying, it, there's a Breaking Bad analogy. He's oh, ma- he's making totally that is. blue myth.
2: Eddington should have a, should have a Jesse Pinkman in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> that
3: would have been nice to see as maybe more and like more of the maki side of it, like mm-hmm. like this is the, like when this episode ended, I was like, oh no, don't go, like you know, like you're going <laughs> yeah. too fast, buddy. Like uh, not in a way that was detrimental. It was just you know when a good thing's going, it's
2: you know yeah. You don't want like, it to oh stop man, right. yeah. no, I was absolutely like this one was too delicious to be because it was yeah because a lot of the third acts with these you know syndicated TV shows, you you pretty much can sniff out how the yeah. like how your last ten minutes is going to be what it's going to be like. Mm -hmm. And this one, you know, it took it right up to the, to the end. You know, to, right, for, yeah. to reach its resolution,
1: the you brought it up. They're running like with all this shit. And they're throwing all this techno bevel around, which is usually boring. Oh, I do but love it. It's th- awesome. It's like because they have a because they have a they have a disability. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what's yes, so great.
2: That's what I'm saying. That's what's interesting. It's like all those Rocky movies where like you know
3: it's like of course Rocky's gonna win, but he's got a disability or like he's like you know and like sometimes it's le- legitimate like he's brain, <laughs> like, he's brain- yeah. well and it worked it worked
2: <laughs> for the it worked for the space battles a lot better because it, the. Space battles are usually pretty pedestrian in Star Trek. You give... The captain gives an order and then somebody... Pretends a key in something, yeah. but everybody had to like give precise like instructions to make sure that nothing yeah, was yeah. fucked and up. So you had a lot of people, yes. you had a lot of people saying exactly what they were doing, like, okay, I got to go this many degrees and go to right, you know, right, yeah, this many, how hard is. Three was. pulses yeah. and this yes, and do it felt the, like stabilizing. it was a harder. Yeah,
1: yeah. all the shit that, that Ronald D. Moore complains about that he could do with Battlestar, but Star Trek went and let him. It was like, oh, we don't have a cloak, we don't have a transporter, oh, yeah. we got no replicators. No stabilizing gyros, so you know, we might yes. do some barrel rolls, but it's like, oh yeah, all that shit that just I, I annoyed A, me that got in the and, way I'm kind of tossing is, it out. And
3: again, because this episode, everything about it, even the things that aren't about it, are about stepping on Cisco's dick. And so <laughs> all of that scene was about how edgy cisco was getting in a way because a lot of episodes it's about like how kind of like how he's 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 a man who knows himself and he's not edgy but he was so like on edge like he's like i I hope i hope you see that like you know and he was like yelling at yelling at nog to yell at o'brien because he's so pissed and he's so focused and they're gonna like run the fucking defiant into the fucking ds because they they shouldn't be doing this
1: i mean and it's kind of almost going to that what is it, Star Trek Two, where Savik is trying to get them out of the dock and they almost scrape the port oh, when yeah. they're undocking. He's talking to, and Dax, he's he's had the boxing scene where he's confiding in Dax and stuff. And then also when he's he's walking and they're taking the Defiant out and he's like, all right, here's where you tell me I'm wrong to go after this guy and all. And she's like, no,
2: no, I don't think you're wrong at all. You, you know? brought up something about Dax that I wanted to touch upon. I'm glad you brought it up because this is actually a really... Fucking great Dax episode. Yeah, Um, Dax acts as as the springboard, you know. So because you know Cisco can't just do all captains logs.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he does a few of them, but yeah. So we
2: know what his mind. I mean, yeah, there are a few, but. We have to know the man's mind. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. So that we have to have somebody to talk to, and and Dax really is his oldest friend. Yeah, yeah, totally. And but she's also written as sort of like the comic relief or somebody to to sort of like act like a level headed person, and you know she's also <laughs> the adult in the room. Right. Yeah. She's so,
1: she's told him one scene before, like, look, you got to let this shit go. It's gotten personal. And then next scene, he's like, all right, tell me that I'm wrong. And she's like, no. Nah. You're acting like Curzon would, and so next time when I go off on a crazy thing, don't talk shit back to me. And I'm not, right. Yes, I was like, wait a minute, you let me go off half cocked like every time I asked. I got to go to Shangri La or Brigadoon. Right. I got to go kill Klingons. How many times have I
3: quit this fucking job for a dude. <laughs> yeah. When she told him that, he just kind of. she said you're you're acting like hers, he just kind of looked for a second. He goes,
2: I'm trying to figure out if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like I don't know what you're telling me here.
3: Like he's a mixed bag of a person.
0: <laughs> like, I feel yeah.
2: like this is some prime Dax shit. That it was a. It's a shame that basically we squandered her for I don't know like three and a half seasons, and for like the last season and a half. Yeah, yeah. Toward the end, and I'm only skipping ahead just because it because we're talking about D- Dax. Where they get into the um, we're gonna unpack the Victor Hugo shit, oh, yeah. but this oh, is yeah. not not as much about Victor Hugo as a meta statement on Star Trek's writing. <laughs> where they're talking, where where Dax says, "I don't care I didn't care for the Hunchback in Notre Dame." Hugo can't write women characters. Is basically oh, what he yeah. says. Yeah, she's like, and oh, I thought, all two "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Star Trek Deep Space Nine. This is not the time for you to be sending subtweets <laughs> about how somebody else writes their women, their female characters. <laughs> it took you a fuck long time. To Peter get L. your bearings. Fields
3: has wrote like the only episodes where I Kira understand. is dominant as a motherfucker. Yeah. But yeah,
1: Peter yeah. Fields who wrote a lot of Xena. Just put that oh, out there. Oh shit, did he? <laughs> I think he did. Move but on I don't like to Xena. Xena. <laughs> I'm sorry. But
2: that, but you see my point yes, though. It's like yes. that. That comment was a little too meta for me. Like <laughs> you're not. Don't pat yourself on the back. Too much Star yeah, Trek yeah. New Space Nine. You only recently got your shit together with how you <laughs> yeah. you handled. And sometimes you don't always, like, you still don't always, like, you know, go over the bar or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, But no, anyway, no, no. yeah.
1: Sure Okay, yeah. well, he wrote two episodes of Xena Warrior Princess. <laughs> That's probably two <laughs> good episodes of Xeno Warrior. I bet Warrior they're Princess. pretty good. They're best of the season series, I bet. Where are we at? Uh, we're after, like, we're like a, the,
2: the dick stomp where eddington they're in pursuit of eddington and his bio weapons and eddington shoots the fuck out of a cardassian ship getting away and cisco has to make the choice whether or not to go after eddington or save the refugees so he chooses to save the refugees and he's kind of like that's when he's like he gets the book at that point too well and he gets called javert let's
1: let's just be
3: honest javert was pursuing John Valjean for a, a nothing? Crime. Yeah, stealing bread to feed his family. That e- whole e- thing. Eddington did a real fucking damage to the right? And it's not like he's not Snowden. He's he, but
2: that's his whole point about himself is that he thinks that what he's doing is he is nothing no, is he, essentially nothing compared to the crimes of the of the state or. Yeah. Uh, Starfleet that, that that's his whole point he's like you're chasing me for nothing I think he actually says that at some yeah, point he yeah he does so yeah. he really he really believes in you know that's the key the, the key to the episode and is he that says he believes it to
3: the point he says it in the way like that by having him repeat it so much at first you're like is this just redundant writing but then by having him repeat it enough you, you, and the episode turns on this when he goes oh no this is far more an obsession with him than it is with me me being Javert is much more his obsession than yeah. me being Javert yes and
1: it's like he's he's like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. Eddington, they, he put a little probe in the Badlands that, to trick him into being a ship. Oh, yeah. And then they learn that he's actually been way on the other end fucking up uh, the Malinche. And then they go, and then he, yeah, and then uh he spins he, he spins around in his spinny chair, which I guess this is the only captain's chair that spins like that. Sure, yeah. They have to pull the Cardassians out of, like, a gravity well, like where they're going to crash land on the planet. Right,
2: and then he says they can fucking limp back. You know, we got yeah, yeah,
1: and they've and the Malinche get a got a coded message of a brain nursery. Yeah, the
2: brain, yes, the brain nursery rhyme, and then he sends it back to Odo for Odo to crack. The brain are cold storage or cold are like cold species, right? They come from an right, ice planet, have,
1: right? They have to wear little. Well, we haven't seen any brain yet. No, we saw brain on yeah, the yeah. Ducat episode on the desert, but they have to wear body suits because they're cold blooded or whatever. Yeah, it's a brain nursery rhyme. That they've decoded a message, a, mock, a coded Maquis message that Odo decodes with the, because they don't have computers on the Defiant, they have to send it back to Space Nine, and it's a brain nursery rhyme with heterophonic five-line verse of just like, and then they 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 play it and it's just like ba 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 ba. They you talk about it a lot for it really just to be that? It's, yeah.
3: He's telling you that they're working with the brain. <laughs> right. Like like once the brain nursery run everything else that followed after Breen nursery run was unimportant. Well, that's
2: because what they do they, he he's got you you got to know that Odo runs down every every lead. That's the point of that. Yeah, and, but then like, the, give, the yeah. what unlocks it is is actually the fact that he worked with Eddington himself and he says it's yes. something that Eddington told me is that when you want to hide something, you you hide it in plain sight, mm. which is kind of a fucked up thing for a security officer to say to another <laughs> se- security officer, but whatever. Mm. And so, yeah, that lets him know that he's working with the brain, and right. that's how and they that find kind out. Because they have a lot of shit. It turns out the Maquis has all the shit they have to store it. It's hard to, like... They
1: have um, two class five intelligence drones in brain space to just give them information, like relays, basically. I was like, oh, yeah, two Maquis uh, raiders went there recently so to store all their shit, basically, because they've got enough biogenic weapons to take out every... Yeah, they're going to take out every Cardassian colony and basically... In the DMZ. Settle the DMZ issue, basically, by genociding the planets, but just for... Or not... Just making all the planets inhospitable for Cardassians, not right. necessarily genociding And then, then the obviousness of... The nursery rhyme, does that kind of play into the uh, like Cisco kind of figuring out that, oh, he gave me uh, what am I talking about? Do we want to talk about Victor Hugo? Well,
3: I I mean, other than, I mean, like that that scene was about sort of just figuring out that, like, he keeps putting me in these positions where I have to do the right thing and then he gets away. Right. But like, he wants me, like, somewhere deep inside of him, he wants me to do the wrong thing, to do the evil thing, because it'll justify what
1: he wants. He's the hero of his own story. Mm, Right. And I just thought it was interesting. Like, and then. I loved, like you mentioned before, like I like how Dax is like Victor Hugo sucks. This is a problem when people uh, idealize and relate too much, or make their narratives about themselves. That's this is the problem with bad fiction of the past that we (laughs) idealize too much. Say like Frank Herbert's Dune. I think (laughs) would (laughs) be enough. Uh, Uh, (laughs) uh, Insert commercial here for our Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Which I don't necessarily agree is that bad, but I did like that Dax, and almost the, all, all the writer's viewpoint is here, is like, Victor Hugo kind of sucks. It's way too melodramatic. It's just like a little, little over the top. It, Come on. To me, and, it, and he can't write women. It's such like dude. This is not the first time they, they, they've they done
2: this with a with a captain, because uh, right around the, the, the year before that, we had First Contact, which is basically Picard as Ahab, where he is in pursuit of vengeance against the Borg, which is his... You know, Moby right. Dick.
1: Moby Dick's like kind of the go-to for Star Trek, too. I mean, Khan is all Moby mm-hmm. Dick. Moby Dick's really good. I stab at thee, as in Khan, you know. They
2: gave Cisco his own sort of literary illusion that fits, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In an in a, in a interesting way. It, it fits. It's like a different, you know, cut of suit yeah. form. Yeah, right. And it's like, s-
3: I mean, it is the classic story. I mean, I can't think of another story that is more classic of on the, the over-pursuit of justice and like the, the, yeah, yeah. the, the letter of the law versus the of spirit of the law and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's it's the go-to story on that. Oh yeah, um, and 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 they shit on it a little bit, so they didn't like suck you know, suck yeah. classic sticks
1: a lot. I, I know. Yeah. So That's uh, part of why this is such a great episode. Right? It was
2: handled definitely is what I'm saying. Yeah.
3: Cause
1: yeah that, was, that's yeah. my point
2: yeah. with the Ahab stuff is that it can kind of seem heavy handed. And this was yeah. the opposite because mm-hmm. it, the, the antagonist was bringing it to the table. Right. And because your antagonist brings it to the table, you could kind of look at it through a different prism. Yeah. yeah,
1: And it's the whole kind of like when Cisco kind of, This is what people that rail on this episode for being anti Roddenberry is like Cisco is like, wait a minute, the best bad guys, whether you think Eddington is the actually justified or not, or if the Maki have good ideas, but like the best bad guys always think they're the good guys. Right. Yeah. Ducat's yeah. also pretty great in that in DS9, but he's not in this episode. But it's when Cisco realizes like, oh, wait a minute. No, Eddington, of course, oh, yeah. Eddington's the hero of his own story. And he's hung up on Les Mis. So he thinks he's John Valjean and he mm. thinks I'm Javert. All right. Well, fuck it. I'll and give him Javert. Yeah, and that's you know? what
3: he's saying, that he wants me to he's somewhere inside of him he wants to push me to the point where i do something that
1: shocks him and so that so that so that then i'm a villain so then i'm actually like oh she wants he wants to kill the bad guys like no that's not what he wants Mm -hmm. not these shitty melodramas yeah he wants to sacrifice himself yeah it's like Mm -hmm. and then he's he's like all right fuck it i'll play the villain i'll I'll play your little game
3: here am i right um how how it all ends is that Valjean ends up getting shot in the rebellion. And
2: commits suicide.
3: Well, but he right? gets shot in the. No,
1: Javert commits suicide. No, no, no,
3: no, no. Javert gets. I'm sorry. Javert gets shot in the rebellion, and or gets trapped or something in the rebellion. And Valjean saves him. Right. I don't know. And I he sees know. that, and va- and that, that, that Javert sees. I only have
2: like a Wikipedia working knowledge of it. I really don't have. Oh, one. you've never yeah. had
3: your your wife hasn't made you sit through the musical five times like my mine. Has. I'm not She's married. She's not a musical uh,
2: fan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my my uh. uh Significant other is not as well. All
3: right. So, uh, but I think that he he gets saved from at least I saw that in the musical. He gets saved and he sees that Valjean is a is a good man and that he's a bad man. And that's when he kills himself. Oh, okay. So it's the it's when the reversal happens. Oh, so he's um,
2: hoping that that Cisco will see who, himself who, how he really is yes. and destroy yes. it and will destroy that's him. What,
3: yes.
1: Uh, okay. Yes. Does John Valjean not have to like get? Or I'm thinking of *Tale of Two Cities* oh yeah 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 there's no there's no yeah this is all <laughs>
3: this is all like war. of it's, it's the all revolution the same of 18 type of yeah, revolution yeah. of 1834 i want to say there was like five 19th century there's french <laughs> revolutions <laughs> right uh i think this was 1834 it's not the juicy one The not it's not the paris commune revolution okay. but um that's 1870. he gets to this decision where he's going to like well fuck it i'll just you know I'll, I'll get him to the point where i'll give him what he wants yeah, yeah. you know because like uh like what's his name like jack nicholson and a few good men you know he wants to say this i'll let him i'll push him to say it and so that's when he gets the idea to poison a planet of maquis human maquis settlers right and so, they do make a point to show eddington's racism throughout the entire
1: show oh yeah, yeah. they're just Cardassians. Yeah, he, he, says. he keeps Why saying he them? says
3: they're just Cardassians. or in the first scene he says he says they're humans
1: yeah the they're humans
2: just like you and me like you yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
3: so the, there the, he does show that there is a racism within him where he doesn't seem life he sees he's, he's there's a clannishness or a tribalism right. to it to what he's doing so you see that that can turn that on that where you don't see that you're killing life by Painting these Cardassian right. planets. And Cisco
1: has kind of, that's kind of what eats him up too, though. Also, it's not racism, but also he's human. He's like me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's just a man. Like he me. doesn't have super. Yeah, he's not Spock
3: outthinking me. I, I could live with yeah. that. Yeah. Right, right.
1: Cisco can live with a lot of stuff, but not, 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 yeah. I'm not striking <laughs> out to Max Scherzer. I'm striking out to <laughs> yeah. like. Right. He yeah. can live, yeah. And so he's got 200 kilograms of trilithium on these two warheads on Solosos 3. And he sends out to all the Maquis frequencies, like, look, I'm going to blow up these trilithium resin 50 mil- kilometers above ground level, and this planet's going to be unha-
3: uninhabitable. He's a great sequence of uh, the over explaining of Worf. Again? Yes. Like the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because, you because, you know, the extra mass of the
2: cargo pod will make the torpedo less effective.
3: I'm pretty sure we can hit a
2: planet, right? <laughs> I'm not planning <laughs> to fire any ships, Mister. Yeah, how he's? I love how is so short with the sometimes. The last couple of episodes, it has yeah. been right? pretty funny.
1: For all of Worf's growth, he still is there to be the guy that told no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. But it, it, no, but it, it, there's a larger thing though, where everybody's just like, "What the fuck?" I mean, I'll follow orders, but shit. Yeah. That. That is a palpable thing. And that every, everybody's got that look on their face. Uh, Kira's got that look on her face. Worf is kind of like yeah. just, you know, cool and calm, but kind of like reluctant. That's
3: where the O'Brien getting, O'Brien getting like shitboxed in this episode. Like, I would have liked to have seen O'Brien's reaction to that. Oh,
1: uh, yeah. Cause he, well, because
3: well, yeah, he's, he's always like a little bit more, pli- right? yeah, he, but he's a lot more pliable than the others. And, and he's like, I would have yeah. liked to have seen
1: him think it was too far. And Eddington, when he realizes that Sisko is like, wait, no, 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 no. We did you're you're punishing these uh colonists. These you're making more refugees. I'm the one that like took out the you know the Cardassian planet. It's like was like well you should have thought about that before you uh, were an asshole there, Mister Hezbollah. Yeah. <laughs> like,
2: well, it's interesting because he did give. I mean, I'm not gonna justify anything. I'm not, I I Cisco doesn't need me to take out for him. But he yeah. <laughs> he, he he did say before he was like we're on our way to your planet. We're going to do this thing. Yeah. Please get the fuck off. Yeah. And then they show up to the planet like presumably
1: hours and he's later like a minute left and they
2: scan the planet and they're like yeah Cisco nope
1: nobody's moved shit they don't think you're going to do it he's like all right yeah <laughs> and yeah no none of his own crew thought he was going to do it yeah. he's like no I'm doing it motherfucker I'm go- I'm going and then he he gets like he gets heated, he's like, Eddington's like, okay, fine, fine, we'll turn over all our weapons, we'll 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 sign an Iran accord. That's
3: after he's tainted the first planet, though. That's after he did the first planet. Yes, after he's done yeah, the he first smoked planet. that first planet. He smoked that first planet and then like recharged to do another planet, or to do another colony. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, and then he's like laying a course for. Yeah, he's like, he was about his work that day. He was like, because
1: it was this, and it's the same that was that's the Maquis plan too. They were gonna go through and do the every Cardassian yeah. planet. And he's like, after he smokes the first one, Eddington's like, Okay, okay, we'll stop. He's like, Not enough and he's like, oh, he's Yeah, like, I need that as a
2: <laughs> I need that as a as a gif. Not, not, yeah, right? not enough the not enough gift. That that was a great moment.
1: And then Eddington's like, All right, fine, I'll Turn myself in, Javert or whatever. The the Civil War analogy I was going to make
3: is that every right thinking person thinks that you know maybe the North didn't ultimately. Not everybody on the North was fighting for the right side, but ultimately it was on the side of liberty. There's a moment in Grant's campaign against Robert E. Lee where he he was moved over there, and Robert E. Lee had just creamed everybody's ass, every general that they had for three years, and Grant was supposed to be the change agent because he was amazing over. On the Western Theater. And so they moved him over to the Eastern Theater. And the first couple of battles, he still, like, gen- like Lee still smoked his ass. Because Lee was a good general. Good, good, g- he was a fucking good yeah. general. And he was fighting on his home turf. And, you know, there's
2: lots of, like, he had home They field. named a fucking muscle car after him. You don't do that if, they, <laughs> if you're
3: not good. That's true. At your job. Uh, And they were, I mean, they had home field advantage and all this stuff. So it got to this battle of Cold Harbor, which the South had decidedly won. And every time, like, they all still fought with these, like, rules of gentleman conduct. Mm -hmm. So you would have these battles where you'd slaughter everybody. And then they would call, at the end of the day, as the lights were starting to go down, they would call, like, they would both, like, raise white flags. And that would be the time for the ambulance drivers to get all the bodies off the field. And that would help them, you know, save the lives that they could, and sort of sort the dead and Grant just Ew. like fuck it i'm not i'm not doing, i'm not yielding the field and he had lost and he had never put up the white flag and he did it, it was like 4 days people screaming cuz they just got their legs shot or something right. yeah, they're
0: just
2: right, laying yeah. in the field yeah they're still alive but yeah. Yeah, yeah and that
3: and that Lee thought it was so inhuman that it really did put him off step for the rest of the war he had, like he fought like three more battles before he got trapped in petersburg but it was basically like it was over because grant showed himself to be inhuman you know obviously grant's not an inhuman person but like <laughs> and then you, he went on were, to like, be president yeah. yeah 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 and he went on to like be like you know fight for good things and like lose and you know bad things happen. Mm-hmm. and i feel like that was a point where you get to the point where oh you you need to see you need someone to be evil you're you're expecting
2: me to do the right thing.
3: Right. And that's your flaw. And and so once that happened, there was no plan. Eddington had no plan for well, that. Well, because
2: there, was not, there, there wasn't going to be change. Like, in both circumstances, there mm-hmm. wasn't going to be change at the current course. Like, at the current course, yes. there was... Either way, there was, there was not going to be any change. Nothing was going to change. Yes. You have to, like... You have to actually be the agent of change for things to have a different outcome.
3: If it wanted to be... Like, and I know that the whole point is that it's ironic. It's not, like... Lame is, but if it was lame is, if you did want to see him as being as as they wouldn't be poisoning planet and essentially running the risk of killing, you know probably right. millions okay. of Cardassians. That was my my but
2: question. Did you, did Cisco actually kill anybody though?
3: That's
1: yeah. That's that's the point. They I they're very to, they're very
3: clear to say that no no no, no that they did right. That's kind of like it was a the, little
2: tidy at the end because all they do is switch plants. I,
3: I do agree that the flaws. It's a little tidy.
1: Right. Well, leading up to this episode, this is like. The people that are like DS9, like Cisco's an asshole, and that's Mm. not my trick, because he, they, everybody says, oh, Cisco, Cisco genocided a planet, and it's like, Mm. no, he didn't, he he didn't. I mean, he he made it in, and they're like, oh, he made this planet inhabitable. It's like. Again. Which is not a good thing. Which is not a good thing. He well, crossed, no, but but yeah, the he, thing thing went is, too, like, he crossed the line, but he well, didn't genocide of people. And he didn't make it uninhabitable. Mm-hmm. He made it uninhabitable for humans. Cardass, which the Maquis had already done to Cardassian planets and it was gonna do the whole but thing. But I
3: think that this was a legal Maquis settlement, wasn't it? Or it was one of those this, where they were allowed to be. So like they'd probably been there for hundreds of years. So that
1: the humans years. were had been yeah. maybe. But how much were the ones on Velos uh four? Got were the know. that he that eddington yeah i don't i don't know about the card well the card that
3: probably not since the what season six yeah uh, yeah right right yeah, who knows? right yeah. after there are four lights or whatever i think that like if if they wanted to make eddington more sympathetic a, a more a true jean valjean he would have just went off and like you know been a maquis and not been been leading these perpetrating these like you know these like almost near genocidal tactics because it does run the risk. Like, if the Cardassians can't get off the planet for some reason, or like, you right. know, your car doesn't start or some shit, <laughs> like, they're there, die. Like, so
1: I right? mean, you And are, he's willing and to it, just, he's willing to kill Cardassians. fuck
3: He don't give a shit. Like, because he's like,
1: oh, well, you can come after me, Cisco, or you can let all these Cardassians die. I don't give a fuck because I'll let them die. But I mean, I know you're not going to because you're Starfleet. Because
3: they let him be fully racist, and I like that about it. Yeah. You know, they let it. But that once, like, I think that I, you know, because I, like, in the last Eddington episode, I was like, you know, there's a way that I could, I could, they I, there's a way that they could write him where I would agree with him. Uh huh. And then in this episode, they just decided to like, no, he's, you know, they they decided there's no way to write him in, in, with the with the actions that he did in this episode, that's agreeable. And so, and he brought, you know, he's the one that ramped it up, and all he did is he wasn't ready for Cisco to do what he did. Right. And that was the like that was. I don't know, fuck, like, I don't know, like, and I loved, I loved it, it was about that, I loved that, but I do, like, I do think that Hugh's right, that it is a little pat at the ending. I, I almost wanted to see Dax be a little shook by it, maybe. Yeah.
2: Well, I think what would have been better, the climax, if, but this is what I would have done if I could have fixed it, is, no, some, like, somebody, somebody been given order to shoot the fuck out of that planet, and then somebody, like, on the... At the helm, being refusing to do so, and, and Cisco throwing them in the brig. Yeah,
3: and then hitting the button himself, or something like that. Or yeah. just just uh, making somebody else like, no, not hitting the
2: button. No, next, the, up. <laughs> they, next up, next yeah, up. Now, are you gonna go in the brig, or are you gonna push that goddamn button? <laughs> yeah, but like because it would have amped up his level of commitment to to what he was trying to do, I guess.
1: Right. I did, yeah, I agree. Like, when I was watching it, I was like, of course Worf is going to be the guy that was following, just following orders. Yeah. Or, you know, like... I follow but, the commander. Yeah, yeah, like, well, yeah, okay, commander said to do it. Like, know, I wear like, this uniform. <laughs> I <am>. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. I know many things. Uh, <laughs> I, know, <you> know.
3: <laughs> I know many things, like the chain of command. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> right. But
1: if it were, like, Kira or something who has had this growth, like, where I understand... Kira would have been an interesting one to deny. Doing she, got, it, she gave him wide eyes, though. That was she like, gave him. Yeah, oh, yeah. I she mean, was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, she, even Worf is un, not cool with it, but he's yeah. just Worf. Or, he's going to or follow orders. shook by it.
3: You know, shook. Yeah, shook yeah.
1: yeah. They're all shook. Yeah.
3: It's a great scene. God damn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: But it would be interesting if Kira were one. Was like, no, you can't do this. I don't care. No, this episode's so good. It really is, though, right? Oh, just the camera work is pretty great. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's one point where it's it's where uh, I, I I noticed it on my first watch more than the second one. Like where Cisco's talking to them on the bridge and he's yelling back and forth and it's just like it's just like POV shots, like point of view, and it's a little it's handheld, I guess but it's just kind of visceral cuz it's this high emotion moment mm-hmm. and it's you know it's like shot reverse shot but it's like you could it feels more from his perspective just cuz the camera's a little bit more unsteady not like on a tripod or something i don't know i don't know it's just good kenneth marshall's a pretty good actor in these in these episodes uh, oh is that um
3: i don't care Kr- for his crawl it's
1: crawl yeah Oh, I thought he's great in this one. Yeah.
3: I like, thought he was great in this one. I thought he's better in this one than he was in the last he's one. But be- I think he was smarmy as a fucker in the last one, so like,
1: I mean, yeah, I, yeah. That's not but easy. But this to do is really. I think this like cuz this one he's just like they're just like, "All right, we've tried to make you sympathetic and now This one you're just basically the bad guy who thinks he's the good guy. Mm-hmm. And but he plays like sinister so well like when he's got the uh disruptor on Cisco and just yeah. when he shows up on the on those holocoms, like, this is a good episode to have your holocommunicator just, yeah. just because Eddington's so good in those it's scenes, throw I feel it like. away Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they use it again. They maybe may use it a couple no, more times. No, they time. use it for... Uh, not, not much more, I've read. No, but they use Zenwar. it for um, Bashir and Zimmerman, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think you may be right on that.
3: Well, one more thing. Uh, Colonel yeah. Sanders Calzone is... Um, Iris Stephen Bear asked Peter Phelan Fields to write him into the script. And he was supposed to be an ongoing character because, like, as the intensity of the next few episodes, they, they move the, the Maliche... Into the region. And so he was going to be on multiple episodes. Oh. And then like sometime in mid season six, when they need to ratchet it up for week's week, they, they're, yeah. they're going office ass. Yeah. Uh, and you'd spent just like Eddington, you'd spent time with him a little bit. Uh-huh. So, so you'd so you'd, so it had some weight to it, but like they didn't get around to it. Uh-huh. Like, I received a very literally says, I just, I just fell off of my plate. <laughs> so like, I forgot to bring him. He's back.
1: just another casualty, like uh Lo- commander <laughs> to rule. From the Romulans or whatever. He
3: had a he had a bad goatee dye experience <laughs> and gave <was> like him a <laughs> headache one day and he just forgot to he forgot to ask uh Calzone. But he is uh Calzone is in uh is in he's the area thirty one or what was it called? Section uh, thirty one. Section thirty one representative in Enterprise. So he's in multiple episodes of Enterprise.
1: Okay. I don't know what that is. Uh <laughs> we'll get there oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we can see that in a few <laughs> Uh, oh, William, Fe- not William
3: feitner Who's the, oh, William no. Sadler. Oh, yes. yes. William
1: Sadler. Oh yeah.
3: My favorite thing in every, uh, in any movie of the eighties, a, I'm um, not really, but yes, for this story. We're not there yet. No, he's the villain in Die Hard 2. And there's a scene <laughs> that tries to show him as like weird or like, like, and he's like doing naked Tai Chi in his hotel room before he hijacks the plane. Ah, uh, wow. Well, and so there's that... lots of, you get to see lots like, of William Sadler ass. And like, he built as a motherfucker. Sweet. Like, sweet. The... Bring <laughs> that up when we get when we actually see him on Star Trek. Yeah, I know. But William Sadler's <laughs> great. Uh, I, this is a 10 for on the rewatch yeah, meter, is, I might oh, go yeah. rewatch this I like tonight. Yeah this, is, <laughs> yeah. this is this is
2: this is why I watch this is why I like the space nine. Yeah. Yeah. This is a ten for me.
1: I watched it twice today and I didn't feel like Tired or worn out, I was like, "Yeah, this is still pretty good." Yeah,
2: it's a ten for me too, my friends. All right, you guys want to guess what the good people of IMDb think of this episode? Yeah, this
1: it's is tricky. It's, it's going to be high, but it's going to be torn because some of the Trekkies are going to be mad that it's betraying the vision. So I'm, it's, I'm going to say, I'm going to say eight point one. Yeah, you went over the line. I wasn't sure.
2: Uh, I'll say I'll take the seven point nine line. <laughs> it's a seven point eight. Uh, God damn it! It's got a lot <laughs> of most- Seven hundred and ninety-one votes. That's pretty. That's pretty high. And I think you're you're right. I think it is downvoted. Probably. I don't because know. of the ethics of the
3: probably. Yeah,
1: people it's, get. It, I mean- people get shook about like. I can't believe uh uh, Cisco did that to a planet. It's like, all right, I see that on the internet all the time. People like losing their shit about it, still, huh? People are still upset about it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) go figure. Star Trek nerds on the internet still upset about things. We kind of over, you know, we we kind of broke
3: down like 30 minutes ago over talking about like uh, once once your opponent crosses a line, yeah, yeah, you're weak. You know, are you weak? Is it a weakness to? Follow him over that
1: line, or are you weak by not following him over that line? I mean, for me, it's like he crossed that line, but I mean, and then they kind of at the, at the ending of the episode, they kind of wrap it like, I well, did. it's all balance has been restored. Yeah, but uh, yeah,
3: yeah, that's what they literally say balance has been restored, which I think right. is probably a fucking Rick Berman edition.
1: Yeah, the balance
0: in the region will be restored, but
1: not resolved. The marquee are still out there because
3: Ronald D. Moore. Ronald D. E. Moore really, really goes to bat for this. And in Ronald D. Moore's th- theory is that Kirk would have done this. Oh, yeah. card probably wouldn't have done this, but Kirk would have totally done this. And yeah. movie Kirk would I have wonder, definitely I done this. I wonder oh, yeah. if
2: Kirk would have been smart enough to do... Because, like, he... <laughs> le, movie Now, listen, Kirk now listen bear with me. Cisco cracked a fucking book to do this. Let's not say... <laughs> let's not... I don't think I... I don't ever think we, we saw young Kirk crack a book to solve a mystery in this.
3: But I think... I mean, I think movie Kirk... Kirk would have done that. I mean, the Genesis bomb was kind of well. Well, you know, it, no, it no, was uninhabited yeah, 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 it was an uninhabitable planet. Comparable. Yeah, yeah, but whatever. yeah, it's not comparable. But I think that I think definitely, I, I because I'm a little bit more sure that I think movie Kirk would have done it.
1: I don't know about TV. Kirk. I, I think TOS Kirk might have. I don't know. you probably are Maybe. I'm with I'm with RD yeah, Ronald, Ronald D. D. I'm with Ronald D. Moore on this one. I
3: know that Berman was skittish about the. the oh, story. I'm sure. Yeah. So I think that they that balance has been restored. Sounds like a fucking executive producer right. line. Yeah, maybe, yeah. So. yeah well, I was like,
1: hey, look, we're not doing, this is Star Trek, we're episodic, we gotta get back to the status quo, kind of? Yeah. But this definitely sets up the Cisco that we see later. Yes. You know? right. Yeah, and I mean, Dax is closing lines, like, Sometimes I like it when the bad guy wins. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, yeah. that's a fun, fun... Waka waka. Waka waka waka. I like Dax's Fuzzy Bear, basically. <laughs> yeah, man. Waka
3: waka. Oh, next week is In Purgatory Shadow, which is... Oh, fuck. I think it's in... Isn't that the next one?
1: Yes. Yeah, oh, Purgatory yes. In Purgatory Shadow. Um, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. And then followed by yeah, another one that's also great... Um, yeah. So
3: people get uh, kidnapped in uh, oh, some place. Yes. Yeah. No oh fuck. shit! Shit
1: goes down.
3: I said this. I've said this before in my memory. And it's your favorite. This, this, this two parter is my favorite. But like, I loved. I. But this I, was I, also your favorite. This was a, like I didn't. Like I didn't have this like hard love for, for the uniform as I did re-watching it.
0: Yeah. So
3: it's it's interesting to see, but I do know that like the the Wharf story arc over oh, the yeah, next time yeah, yeah. and the Garrick story arc pretty fucking great. Pretty man. good.
1: Um yeah.
2: You betrayed your uniform! And you're betraying yours right now. The sad part is you don't even realize it. I feel sorry for you,
0: Captain. This obsession with me, look what it's cost you. Major, shut that thing off. Commander Worth, The to launch torpedoes.
2: Should we move on to
1: voicemails and emails? Uh, we went a little bit long, so we might not get the voicemails uh. today. Yeah, we might not.
2: Uh. All right. Well, do, if people want to get a hold of us and uh, call for next week, what should they do, Wade? Oh,
1: they should give us a call. Yes, they should at 917-408-3898. That's our Kickers of Elves hotline number. So let us know what you think about this episode, just this episode, or any other stuff, but this one's specific. Or if you want to record a quick thing and don't want to call the number because you like your recording software, I guess, record it, send it to us at rulesofacquisitionpodcast at gmail.com. Try to keep it under three minutes because that's when the voicemail cuts off, but, you know, you know the drill probably. And we've got a Patreon, right? Yes, we do, at patreon.com slash kickers of elves uh we may have mentioned that dune book in this podcast we talk a lot more about dune is this is the point where we say people are starting to ask
3: us if we're going to watch the second season of star trek discovery and (laughs) i would have said before you couldn't pay me to watch the second season of discovery I think I've changed my mind on that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think, and, and if you need folks. If uh, in the next couple of weeks we'll probably be updating our goal. Right, you have to do that yeah. first, uh, like we'll on our, the yeah. actual
1: patreoncom <laughs> slash Kickers of right. Bills If you yeah force right. James and Hugh to yeah. watch and edit <laughs> yeah. every. Yeah.
3: Episode and voicemail episode yeah of An- Anston what's his name? Anston Mount. Anson Mount clicking a button. Anson oh. Mount?
1: Mount. Oh, that sounds awful. Play
2: the third <laughs> Christopher Pike that we've had. Uh, okay. third
3: Christopher Pike, and in no way the best, because that's
2: obviously going to be uh Bruce Greenwood.
3: He's wasted in Mad Men. He's in like five at Mad Men episodes Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> madman was so madman was so great, they they burnt up their Bruce Greenwood. Yeah, they completely George, yeah.
3: Bruce Greenwood just going out of the lake. Yeah, they did right wise too
2: like, really yeah. well thanks again for listening to another episode of the Rules of Acquisition we hope you join us next week as we go through another episode of Star Trek Deep Space 9 for Wade, James and myself we need to be Mounted
3: stories till i taste the trying to stay out the where we face had a hustle trace
0: the do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line where you can express your ds9 wishes and ds9 dreams into their ear holes. they will play them on air and try to be nice to you because one day they hope to sell you blue apron snacks and underwear made out of modal the number is 917-408-3898 that number again is 917-408 3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are. That is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong. So feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication we know you love that. Again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.